Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman. And this week, I'm talking to Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, who is a board-certified internist and expert in the fields of chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, sleep, and pain. He's authored several best-selling books, one of which is called Beat Sugar Addiction Now. And I can't wait for you to hear our chat together. And just before we have our chat... I'd like to tell you about a few free resources I have for you to start living your healthier life by cutting sugar. First, you can go to my website, aftersugarclub.com and download my five tips for getting rid of sugar cravings, especially if you're an intermittent faster and you're finding that sugar and processed carbs are getting in the way and making you hungry or making you overeat in your window. Go to aftersugarclub.com and download my five tips there. You can also get lots of other free resources on my website at aftersugarclub.com, including videos about what to eat that doesn't include added sugars, where to find real whole foods at the grocery store, and also about probiotic fermented foods and drinks and how magical they are for your gut health. Plus, you can get lots of free tips and inspiration on the Life After Sugar Facebook page and my TikTok page, and come and subscribe to the Life After Sugar YouTube channel and my Instagram page at MyLifeAfterSugar. Can't wait to see you there. All right, let's get back to my chat with Dr. Teitelbaum. All right, so I'm here with Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, who is based in Hawaii. It's lovely to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about your background as a medical doctor and also specifically with sugar? Okay. My background is in internal medicine. And um, when I was in medical school, I came down with a nasty viral infection that basically triggered chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. I was paying my own way through medical school, so I couldn't afford a, a place to live anymore. I was homeless, sleeping in parks. I had to drop out of school. Um, and the professors had no idea. I found I had all these sugar cravings, the fatigue, the brain fog, you know, the achiness, all the different kind of things. Um, and what I had was the same thing that now is being called long COVID. Um, it's basically a post-viral chronic fatigue syndrome. But the sugar cravings from low adrenal and candida, both of which I have in full bloom, um, are major parts of chronic fatigue syndrome and post-viral. So, but they, again, you can have it just in day-to-day -day life. So those of you who just have day-to-day -day sugar cravings, we'll go through the four main things that are triggering that, how to make the cravings go away. Um, if you have insulin resistance, I'll give you natural ways 
to restore insulin sensitivity. So your blood pressure goes down, your cholesterol goes back down, your diabetes goes down if you have those. Um, but also it helps with weight loss if you're not having insulin resistance, insulin resistance packs on the pounds. So in my, my own experience, um, when I was homeless, as if the universe sent all the, put a holistic homeless medical school sign on my park bench, and all these doctors and naturopaths and herbalists, I didn't even know naturopaths existed, came by, and they all taught me bits and pieces. And um, I'm a science geek. And um, what I found is that what I read in the scientific literature does not match what they're taught in medical school. What they're taught in medical school is basically slick advertising from the drug companies masquerading as science. Um, but anything that's low cost, cheap, or natural, not just will we not be taught it, there'll be a resistance if it competes with medications. And they're all good people, no bad people out there, but it's just important to know where the data is coming from. Yes, and is that just in the United States or would you say it's in most Western countries? It's in most Western countries because the influence um, the, of the pharmaceutical industry on academia, um, on the NIH, on places like that. These are all places where they get so much money from the drug industry or seeking to go work in the drug industry after um, that they create the culture and that culture permeates the Western countries. On the other hand, in the Eastern world, um, China, you know, places where they don't have the big money that the Western world has and can't afford the pharmaceuticals, they are much more open to energy medicine, uh, natural healing. So the the West is biochemistry and the East is biophysics. Okay, okay. So when you, but you went to medical school, didn't you? Yep, and I graduated with honors in medicine and the whole thing after I came back, after I learned how to recover myself. Yes. Okay, yeah, so you got your health back. You went to medical school. Where was that? At Ohio State. Ohio State had one of the most progressive courses in terms of pain management and even including natural medicine uh, in the country. Okay. And um, can I ask around what year that was? Um, it was 1975 that I found myself homeless uh, for the year. So it was 1972 to 1977. Gotcha. Okay. And 50 years that I've been in medicine now. Yeah. <laughs> that's almost all my life. Can I ask, um, when you were in medical school as a young doctor or future doctor, um, and they taught you, I would imagine, a lot about human biology, um, did they teach you about how, that, like the link between food and human biology? Yes. What they taught is that if you're eating a good, well-rounded whole, you know, a good, well-rounded diet and have no other conditions, you don't have to consider food. You don't have to consider nutritional deficiencies. You don't have to waste your time learning about nutrition. That okay. was it. Now you now you know almost everything we were taught in medical school about nutrition. All right, packed That's into it. about thirty seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but what if you weren't? What? Well, first of all, what did they consider to be a rounded whole diet or whatever? Oh, they they ignored that. There was a slick phrase that was given the impression that for everybody is this not an issue? This is nonsense. Don't waste your time with it. We eat about the drugs. Yes. Okay. So and um, surgery. <laughs> right, and drugs and surgery are what medicine is all about. Is is really That's the message. What, that's where the money is. That's how you can most help people. This other stuff is quackery. 
You need to protect your patients from this quackery. Anything that competes with drug and uh, medical product uh, profits. And again, these are all good people. They are, yeah, I've okay. never met um, uh, anybody in the pharmaceutical industry who wasn't the love. But this is the party line. And they have controlled the flow of information, not just through physicians, but was through the media. Al- yeah. Was there the, an the- alternative for you as a doctor, a future doctor, like, did you feel that this didn't fit with your belief system? Or did you say, well, you know, it's the only option for me if I want to be a doctor? Well, I started in just very traditionally, you know, I always since I was eight years old wanted to help heal people. You know, I want to take people out of pain. I'm pretty empathic. And when they're in pain, I would feel the pain and I wanted to help them get rid of the pain. Um, But the so but when I got back from my trip being homeless, so to speak, and I had learned about low adrenal and I had learned about candida and all these things that a medical school didn't exist, um, it was an eye opener for me because they said, sorry, we can't figure out wrong with you. You must be crazy. That was the impression. Um, but the, I'm like I say, I'm a science geek. I my nickname was the ghost of the phantom in med school because two three in the morning, I'd be in the medical library and they'd see me ghosting through the stacks, pulling uh, research journals off, you know, from a hundred years ago, fifty years ago, or twenty years ago now. Um, and what the research was showing was that all these natural things worked. So I just tried it, and they help people. And so what I ne- needed to reconcile was that. Pharmaceuticals is one tool, but it's just one tool in the toolkit. Right, right. And preventative medicine or, nat- you know, what's called natural with, with a tone of voice that's slightly like in the medical field, they're like, oh, natural medicine, you know, like it's not worth anything. But especially preventative, you know, that was something that you found was valuable, right? I found it uh, priceless. It was something that what I found is that people who we could not get better uh, the standard medicine were routinely getting better. Their conditions were going away. And I was getting people flying in from all over the country to see me in my small town practice um, in internal medicine. Um, but preventive medicine, you know, is the art of living healthfully. It's the art of making good choices. And for that, what you need is information. Um, and again, sugar, I you know, if you look at the the main licensing body for nutritionists in the United States. They're basically, and am I looking at that, their their main support are places like Coca-Cola and Pepsi and chocolate companies and stuff like that. I you know I and they are the ones who are teaching the nutritionists. In fact, there are laws passed in many states that anybody not trained by this organization, which is made up by fast food companies, predominantly and there are other contributors like broccoli or whatever but I'm mostly fast food companies anybody not trained by them is not allowed to talk about nutrition in some states yeah it's crazy yes, yes. it really is and as a non-nutritionist who talks about food mm-hmm. I, I, still, I think it's the craziest thing because we're just you know general like we're regular consumers i think we should be able to talk about whatever you want we want obviously mm-hmm. not to give like you know, professional recommendations, but to talk about whatever we like. Well, as long as, as you're not guiding people, you can talk about whatever you want. Right. But it's it's a funny thing. It's, you know, the we have this concept that we're free countries. 
and then you know i'd go to europe and say that i just hear people fall over laughing you know uh, and i said ever try to start a business ever try to say anything that challenges industry it's like mm, you know so anyway but that's all good because we can talk about it we will talk about it and there it's not hard to have your cake and eat it too we will teach you how to enjoy your sugar pleasures but to do so healthfully Okay, well, let's get into the subject of cravings that you were mentioning right at the beginning. And you were saying that there's four pillars or four approaches, right, for cravings. Can you explain that a little bit, please? Yes, so there's four main things that drive sugar cravings, and you can tell which one you have. Uh, the first one is that you're fatigued and you're reaching for sugar as an energy loan shark. So you're reaching for that soda, you're reaching for that candy bar, um, and that's low energy. And the thing is that when I say energy for sugar, it's an energy loan shark. It takes more energy than it gives. So you feel better for a half hour to an hour, and then you crash and burn and crave more sugar, and off you go to the races. So the antidote and solution for that is healthy energy. Um, there are three things, a good multivitamin, that's high in B vitamins and magnesium, a massive helps uh, energy. Um, I like one called Energy Revitalization System. It's a powder. There's another one, if you don't like powders, it's called Clinical Essentials. So that's a very good baseline for people. Um, the You can use ribose, which ironically is a sugar and tastes like sugar, but it doesn't uh, feed the yeast. It doesn't cause the problems of regular sugar. Can you um, tell us what that is? Ribose is the backbone of our DNA and energy production. If you eat food, it has to be turned into ATP, which is a form of energy, adenosine triphosphate, which is made up of ribose and B vitamins. That's what makes up our energy. So you can't eat a hamburger and turn it into energy without converting it to these one of these energy chemicals that's made of ribose. When people get exhausted, they become ribose deficient. And in our study, we found that giving it by mouth in people with severe fatigue increased energy uh, 61% on average. So uh, you can get something called smart energy system, which is very good at increasing energy. Um, what I have on my desk, if I'm tired, is something called HRG80 red ginseng, get the, the chewable tablets. I just chew one half of a tablet or one tablet here and there. So there's all these ways to get healthy energy. Um, and then you're not going to crave the sugar. You just, you have the energy, then you have the sugar because you want something sweet. So type one is low energy and you just restore energy production where we talked about. I just, can I just ask, sorry, can I just ask if you're having low energy and you want to actually eat foods rather than um, take supplements or pills, um, which foods are the equivalent of the supplements that you just mentioned? It's difficult in the Western diet because half of the vitamins and minerals are lost in food processing. Uh, and that includes the B vitamins. Magnesium, the average diet before processing has 600 milligrams a day, only 245 milligrams left after processing. So what you want to do is go with whole foods, whole grains. Um, the, the proteins will help for one piece of it um but the green leafy vegetables nuts things like that that are going to be high in the b vitamins and magnesium almonds would be a good source so eat 
whole foods, vegetables, things along those lines. And again, sugar are empty calories. 18% of our diet is sugar. That means we've lost 18% of the vitamins and minerals before we even get out of the starting gate. Right. So, so eat foods that are nutrient dense, things that are unprocessed whole foods. Right. Which, which is my message here as well, which means that as far as I can understand it, um, if you're eating a processed diet, which is unfortunately the normal diet, but not for people listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, if you're eating a more a diet with more processed products, then you might need supplementation. But if you're actually eating real whole foods, then you don't need to supplement them. Is that right? Well, maybe it it would take it takes hours a day to really shop and prepare properly. If uh, you're not getting... for me, though. <laughs> okay, then you're an expert. So, again, it's an individual thing. It's it's less necessary for getting a whole diet. It's just in the United States that's so rare that even people who try hard, um, the diet this is so, unless they really get a pretty much a totally unprocessed diet or less than 10% of foods processed. Yeah they're going to be pushing nutritional deficiencies. Okay. So again, it's there's no right or wrong in this. For me, I prefer a good multivitamin would be vitamins and magnesium um, and with the other nutrients too, just because our diet is a standard American diet. SAD is the acronym. It's just Yeah, sad. it's very ironic that it, it, the acronym is SAD. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, that is one source of cravings. Can you explain the other three? Okay, so number two would be irritable when hungry, called hangry. You get these feed me now or I'll kill you. And if anybody gets between you and that Snickers bar, it's like getting between a mother bear and her cub. Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, that. So that's low adrenal. And that's fairly easy to treat. Uh, sugar causes you know sugar to drop, which is ironically, and then that triggers adrenal alarm. You make cortisol to bring sugar back up and that's the stress hormone and that's low when people get exhausted uh, from the stress of modern life their stress handler gland gets exhausted too and it has trouble keeping up so irritability when hungry um there's nice simple things vitamin b5 um vitamin c uh the glandulars a cup of licorice tea each morning. Licorice candy doesn't do anything. But if you don't have high blood pressure, if you have high blood pressure, you want to keep an eye on it. But otherwise, but you're not going to usually have high blood pressure and low adrenal. You can, but less common. Um, but a, a couple of licorice tea, I like a supplement mix called Adrenoplex, um, which smooths that right out. But start with a couple of licorice tea. It's naturally sweet um, and it will raise your stress hormone levels and make it easier. But again, I that uh, I I do like the multivitamins. I think that they're healthy, helpful. The B five specifically at about twenty five to hundred milligrams a day uh, helps the adrenal function. I wanted to take a quick break to let you know that now there are two ways that you can actually apply all the theory you hear on this podcast into your life. It's not easy to cut sugar when you're all on your own and you feel like the odd one out or like nobody understands. I get it because I've been there and I want to make that path easier for you. Which is why I'm inviting you 
to join the After Sugar Club so that you can get the step-by-step guidance you need so that it doesn't feel like a huge mountain that you have to climb. In fact, in the After Sugar Club community, you'll actually find that we have fun. Did I just say that we have fun cutting sugar? Yep, that's what sets the After Sugar Club apart. It's a freeing, joyful place to get all the support you need to live your healthier lifestyle without needing or missing sugar anymore. And now you can choose your path to a healthier lifestyle, either in the regular membership on a monthly basis where you get group support and 24-7 access to all the resources in the After Sugar Club for self-study, plus our community, plus our twice-monthly check-in calls. Or you can choose the After Sugar Club Premium Membership for more personal attention and customised guidance from me, Netta, guidance that's tailored to your specific needs with 12 extra personalised accountability calls that we'll schedule according to your availability and time zone so that you can attend each call. The Premium Membership is a more hands-on experience where you're guided through structured exercises and assignments with my personal feedback. In fact, you'll be following a proven framework that I've created that will allow you to get to true freedom from sugar. With just 12 extra calls with me, I'll be helping you make small but powerful mindset shifts to transform your relationship with sugar and comfort foods. And you'll benefit from my gentle, respectful approach that respects you and your personality and needs. The After Sugar Club is always open for you. Join us today. Go to aftersugarclub.com and click on the big green button, Join the Club. Okay, all right. What's next? On oh, this? One, one other thing too. This, much of the stress of modern life is because when I was a kid, the media mantra, if your advertisers wanted to sell something, the mantra was sex sells. You wanted to sell a product, a car, beers, you put a pretty woman and a handsome guy next to it, and you sell the product. Now the mantra is fear and divisiveness sells. So they basically figure if they can get you scared to death and hating everybody, or at least half the population, you will watch and they'll get the clue and they'll sell more advertising. So there's this Tai Chi move. That's very good for the adrenal stress problems. When you're watching the news, news, because it's a fiction on both sides. I don't care. I'm, I'm in the news. For some reason, they like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm quoted correctly 10% of the time, uh, accurately, that's a lot. Yes. Fi- it, it's a fiction meant to scare you to death and make you hate everybody. So do this move. Take a deep breath. Center. Reach your arms out to the side. Grab the remote control and hit off <laughs> turn turn to something that feels good that's not making you grind your teeth like watching another yes example. yes absolutely listen to a podcast yes that'll lower your stress <laughs> exactly and i'll tell you if you're in marriage counseling or divorce lawyer there's a good chance it's because one of you has low blood sugar huh and just okay. smooth, smoothing it out uh with the things we talked about um just 
I, I, my first relationship was funny. My former wife got low blood sugar and just would call my eyes out. Mm. And I just couldn't be there anymore. Um, and then, but I have low blood sugar too. So it's true. I said that. So I had to learn on myself to do that. Huh. Um, but again, it's not hard to take care of. Um, again, the adrenoplex is what I find very helpful, but a couple of tea and increase your salt intake. Your yes. salt restrict when you have low adrenal, you will crash and burn. Yes, that's uh, that's quite rare to hear a doctor say increase your salt intake. Good for yeah, you. The, most of what the uh, medical profession talks says about salt is a myth that's okay. not supported by the science. Well, thank you for saying that. I think people will listen to you saying it more than me repeating it. But good. Um, all right. What's next on the list? So number three, do you have what I call the cravings of the happy Twinkie hunter? You're not irritable. You're not trying anybody's eyes out, but you're looking through the cabinet. Something sweet would sure be nice. So the happy Twinkie hunter, along with do you have nasal congestion or sinusitis? Do you have irritable bowel syndrome, gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation, enough gas you could fill a weather balloon, but it doesn't have much smell to it. These are candida or yeast overgrowth. We're familiar that we talk about when women have yeast infections, um, but the bigger area where the problem is in the sinuses and in the gut. Um, and for that, you'll find the sugar cravings, yeast grow by fermenting sugar. They put out a chemical that says feed us. Yeah. And off we go on the sugar binge. Uh, and then they have a, a massive party and reproduce and make billions of baby yeasties. Yeah. So what do you do? A good probiotic is helpful. There are natural herbal anti well, herbal antifungals. Um, so I like berberine Met X, which is, but you want the 500 milligram one. That's not the super high absorption one. Um, there's grapefruit seed extract, but it has to be the liquid one. It's preservative in the liquid that actually kills yeast, not the grapefruit seed extract. Um, and then there's caprylic X or caprylex is a good one. There's a whole host of natural antifungals. Uh, if somebody there's somebody that I'm treating, I will use a medication, Diflucan or Fluconazole for six to eight weeks. And for the sinusitis, compounding pharmacies can make what's called a sinusitis nose spray, that along with the Diflucan will clear the chronic sinusitis. For most of you who have chronic sinusitis, what they do is they keep giving you antibiotics. And as any woman who has yeast infections know, antibiotics make yeast infections worse. That's yeah. why the sinusitis becomes chronic. Um, can I ask, as a medical doctor, uh, but with knowledge, you know, as I know, of, of what's called alternative medicine, let's say, natural, um, do you know much about fermented foods and drinks, lactose? Well, absolutely. I mean, because of the fermented foods and the kefir, and, you know, if you're, there's a whole foundations and movements, Price Pottinger Foundation, the whole thing that really does brilliant work. You know, and the uh, for the candida, thank you, because I should have mentioned that first. Kefir, yeah. a good kefir is very, very helpful. I make mine. Um, I make all my fermented foods and drinks, um, and it doesn't take long. It's passive time, you know. They they ferment without me getting involved. I just, you know, it takes ten seconds to prep, but it's just more delicious, I think, to eat milk kefir or you know drink my kombucha or eat my mm -hmm. Um, kimchi or my sauerkraut than you know to take a capsule and about you know 20 times cheaper quite frankly yeah and much tastier yes yeah yeah thank okay. you thank you that should have been the first thing mentioned all right what's next on the list 
So four is women who are getting around menopause in their mid 40s. They're getting premenopausal and they're getting anxious and depressed uh, because their hormones are fluctuating. They're, they're starting to get low progesterone and estrogen uh, and that triggers anxiety and depression. So they reach for sugar because in the past when they were depressed and anxious, the sugar helped, not realizing that that biochemistry is now changing and it actually makes it worse. So treating depression um, you know, the, uh, that's a, a problem that causes sugar cravings as well. And again, I'll use a bioidentical hormone replacement. Um, you may want to use little soybean pods, the edamame, mm -hmm. um, as a nice natural way to raise the soybean, the wild yam or dioscoria, but get a good brand. Most of them out there are not wild. They don't have the active component in it. So get a, a good dioscoria or wild yam. Um, but again, the, the edamame handful a day is the traditional Japanese way yeah. of dealing with premenopause. Right. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm 52 and a half and I haven't had any symptoms yet. I don't, I can't, I don't know whether it's because I don't eat sugar or because I added fermented foods and drinks to my diet or because I'm just lucky. <laughs> it's probably because you take care of yourself. So your systems are lasting longer before yeah. going through the uh, planned obsolescence that nature builds into us. Very probably. Yes, hopefully. I just want to take a quick break to tell you about the After Sugar Club, which is where you can discover the real sweetness in your life. If you want to get rid of cravings without the need for willpower and lose your extra weight, your aches and pains, and brain fog, and make your intermittent fasting lifestyle easy and natural, then the After Sugar Club is where you get guidance from me to let go of sugar so that you can get more energy and confidence and feel healthier in just 12 weeks. If you're busy in the day, but as soon as you sit down in the evening, you want to snack mindlessly, or if you eat when you're happy or sad or whatever emotions you're feeling. And deep down, you know that cutting sugar is the answer. But, well, the fact is you love sugar. Even though you know that you have an unhealthy relationship with it, then I can help you ditch sugar for good. How? I'll show you how in the After Sugar Club, where you'll get access to all the resources that I've created to go step by step to letting go of sugar in a sustainable way, without suffering and without feeling restricted. There's no diet mentality in the After Sugar Club. You'll also get access to our twice-monthly check-in calls on Zoom, as well as our lovely, friendly community to get support, encouragement and accountability. Come check out everything that's included in the After Sugar Club at aftersugarclub.com and click on the green button, join the club. Like, okay, so these are the, like the four, not the only four sources of cravings, but certainly things that we can do something about. The four major ones. Yes, yes the four major ones. And you were talking about insulin resistance, bringing mm -hmm. down insulin resistance. Could you explain what that means? Well, what happens, insulin 
uh, when we eat sugar, the sugar goes to our bloodstreams, and then the cells are like little furnaces, energy furnaces, and sugar is like the fuel, the coal that goes in the furnaces. But to get into the cells to get burned for fuel, you need a key called insulin to unlock the cell furnace, and then the sugar gets taken in, burned for energy, and that's a nice, healthy process gives you a lot of energy and it works well normally we don't get sugar from the diet just minimal amounts um the body turns our food into sugar which then gets turned into you know and go into furnaces to be turned into atp that energy molecule we mentioned um so but what happens when instead of getting a pound of sugar a year and our raspberries and blueberries and stuff we're getting 140 pounds of sugar per person thrown hidden in our food and food processing to mask that the food is not real food. It's it's garbage junk. But if you load it full of sugar, people won't notice. Hmm. You wonder why anything else that you process, if I take cotton and I spin it, and then I turn it into a shirt, each step increases the value. In food processing, each step lowers the cost. That's a great analogy. Because there's no food left in the food by the time it gets to people. Yes, so, I don't even grace it with the word food. I call them, you know, processed products. <laughs> yeah, I call them crap. They're <laughs> junk. So anyway, you take a bunch of sugar, 140 pounds per person, and suddenly your bloodstream is flowing with that, and your cells have to defend themselves and say, no, this is going to kill us. This is unhealthy. We are not going to let that sugar into our cellular furnaces. And the key goes, and the, the cell has made that key not work. That, so that insulin is the key. And now your cells are resistant. They're saying, no, we can't handle more sugar coming in. So you get insulin resistance. But now there's all the sugar floating through your bloodstream. And the insulin says, well, we can't get into the cells. The insulin acts like a traffic policeman who then says, okay, all the sugar, go to fat stores right around your tummy. And that's how come we get this belly, yeah? Sugar belly, yes. Yeah, sugar belly. Yes, which is like the spare tire that people that I used to have, which melted away when I stopped eating sugar. I couldn't believe it. Exactly. And it also causes high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and prediabetes, diabetes. Um, so, you know, the most of the major diseases that kill People, the most yeah. common cause of death is blood vessel disease, heart attack, stroke. Um, and probably the main cause of that, or one of the major causes, is metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, whatever name you want to give it, which goes back to sugar. Yeah. Excess sugar yeah. in the diet. Yeah, I believe you. Definitely. Okay. And then, so insulin sensitivity is that when only a bit of sugar will, will make the body react? When the insulin the low blood sugar is when your body has trouble that when your body, the, the furnaces are taking all the sugar in and burning it for fuel and the short blood sugar level goes down, your body is going to make the stress hormone cortisol to keep it from going too low. Because when it goes low, you get like claws and irritable and hangry. So the low blood sugar and insulin sensitivity is healthy. Mm -hmm. Low blood sugar is adrenal fatigue, okay. adrenal stress and hormone fatigue. What's considered low for, for blood sugar? Well, what constitutes low is what causes symptoms and makes you feel irritable. That could okay. be 
65 in some people, especially if you're having a cup of coffee, like I have my morning cup of coffee and, I, and the caffeine will cause the blood sugar symptoms up earlier at maybe 60, 65 even, where otherwise you might have to drop to 45, but that's varies from person to person. So what causes you to get hangry, mm -hmm. irritable when hungry, uh, moody, that's how I would define low blood sugar as opposed to a specific number. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, to go with how you feel as much as a number. Right. Okay, wonderful. And um, you were talking about having your cake and eating it. <laughs> Such mm -hmm. a great expression. Um, and so can I know a, a bit about your outlook for that, please? Yeah, I have a sweet tooth. I love my sweet tooth. I mean, this coffee here tastes like an ice cream sundae but has no sugar in it. Um, there's stevias. Stevia Select makes a nice tasting line of different uh, flavored stevias. Um, you want to be <laughs> a little careful with stevia because the leaf itself is a natural product, but if it's unfiltered, it's going to be a bit bitter. Now, about it's like genetics. Like, you know, how about half of you squeeze the toothpaste tube in the middle, half leave the cap on, half leave it off. And it, it's almost genetic. Like you can curl your tongue or you can't. Um, and whether you like the taste of stevia is, I think, a genetic thing. Some people love it, some are like, ah, no. Mm. So if you like it, then you you have a free pass to make foods as sweet as you want using the stevia with all the different flavors. There are sodas like Zevia, which are all natural, and stevia sweet. And you can get them in the, in the States, in the Safeways, stuff like that. I don't know if up, up in Canada, if you have the Zevia yes, sodas. Yes, we have that here. Yeah, healthy. Enjoy it. Um, because sugars are the uh, sodas are the main thing. It's three quarter teaspoon of sugar per ounce. Um, so you have a liter, you know, that's, oh God, I don't, I don't even calculate that. That's massive amounts of sugar. Uh, an average can of soda has 12 spoons of sugar in the United States. Um, the You'll find there are other sweeteners, like for chocolate. Chocolate is a health food. Chocolate is associated with a little bit of chocolate each day with a 45% lower risk of heart attack death. Yeah. Where the, where the statin medicines are maybe 2 to 10%. So chocolate's a health food, but you have sugar-free chocolates that are maltitol sweetened. They're yes. laxative is the only thing. Yes, yes, yes. You've got to be careful with those. I must admit, I've never tasted or wanted any of those things you just mentioned. Um, because, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, when I stopped eating sugar and I stopped eating sweeteners and flour, I, I just lost the taste for sweet tastes. Like I was the world's number one sweet tooth, just like you. And then I found that it tasted horrible once mm -hmm. I'd sort of had this period of time without sweet tastes. Mm -hmm. And now it's like a, a little bit of sweetness is either tastes awful or will overwhelm my taste buds to the point where I can't have much of it. Well, I found that my craving has gone away and I love sweets. <laughs> yeah so i get but i don't crave them and i can go ahead and have a, for chocolates like lilies or the good chocolate or two companies that are make very good ones uh you want to avoid fruit juices um an orange will have two teaspoons of sugar about 16 ounces of orange juice will have 12 teaspoons of sugar you that's difficult for people to get their heads around because an orange has always been We've always been told that an orange, and it is, it's a whole food, it's a natural it food. How it come is. it's got sugar? 
That's nothing because it has a natural sugar packed with the fiber and all the rest. It's good for you. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But, until it's, and, but you're not going to sit down and eat six oranges at a sitting. If you want to, go ahead. I'll laugh at sit there and watch and laugh at you. But the, the orange juice, you're just taking all the sugar out without the rest of the good stuff. So avoid the juices. If you want juices, have the vegetable juices, have the tomato juices, have the low sugar juices. Um, again, carrot juice is kind of in between. So if you want to sweeten okay. your juices a bit in moderation. Um, so you get out, get rid of those big things and you'll find that there's so many other natural sweeteners like allulose, different things where you can go ahead. These don't cause the problems and you can have your sweet tooth. Yeah, no problem. I mean, they don't cause metabolic problems, uh, although they're not, some of these things are not super mm -hmm. for gut health. Um, but for some people, myself included, and in fact, for thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, the any taste of sweetness, even if it's a so-called safe sweetener, will trigger behavior that we would rather not have. Yeah, well, here's the thing. The... <laughs> Even the natural sweeteners, even the artificial sweeteners, even, I bet, the stevias and the other things, uh, we're built so that our body wants warning when sugar is coming so it can crank out insulin and do the things. You will find, I bet, that for even the stevia, anything sweet tasting, the taste buds, the sweet taste buds trigger, hey, sugar's coming, and there's an immediate insulin release. Yes. So for those of you who get that immediate insulin release, and it triggers low blood sugar, and it triggers behavior you don't like, right. um, then anything sweet may not be good for you. Yeah. Um, where the biggest bulk of the insulin release comes later, as that sugar keeps releasing, keeps releasing, keeps releasing the insulin. So yes, for some people, here's the thing, when people ask, for example, what's the best diet in the world for everybody? And I just go mm -hmm. like, what works for you? And it's going to be totally different from one person to the next. There's no one diet for everybody. What leaves you feeling the best and um, leaves you feeling healthy days later? In other words, so what, what feels good now and what works? Those yeah. two things. That's the diet for you. And okay. it's not going to be the same for everybody. And even for most people, it'll change in different phases of their life. Yeah, yes, totally agree with you. Yes, definitely. Um, you've written several books, um, of which The Complete Guide, <laughs> 10, goodness me, The Complete Guide to Beating Sugar Addiction. Mm. Um, and uh, can you tell us a little bit about what made you write that book? I wanted people, I, you know, I would tell people, just come off sugar. And I realized that if I saw them in a dark parking lot anytime in the 10 days, I told them to come off sugar and their headlights were aimed right at me, I better duck because <laughs> people went through hell for the 10 days, yeah. you know, trying to go through sugar withdrawal. Sugar is addictive. Um, and then over time in my practice, I realized that if I got rid of the sugar addiction drivers, then there was no withdrawal. It was easy <laughs> to stop the sugar. So I write when I have something to say, and that was something worth saying for people. Um, also, for those of you with fatigue or pain or fibromyalgia, uh, what I would recommend is my book, From Fatigued to Fantastic. It will talk about all of this. It's more updated than the beet sugar addiction now. Uh, so it talks about all these things, but more in the context of fatigue and pain and fibromyalgia. Wonderful, wonderful. I'll put the links with the show notes with this episode. And uh, Dr. Jacob, thank you so much for meeting with me. And that has been an honor and a pleasure. Uh, aloha and be well, everybody. Aloha.
Oh, what a great chat with Dr. Teitelbaum, who's such an inspiring doctor, in my opinion. And I'm honoured that he agreed to be on this podcast, especially as he's been interviewed on Good Morning America and Oprah. And now he's talking to us on this podcast. And of course, as with most of my guests, we don't have the exact same outlook about sugar and sweeteners and, well, life in general. And that is the beauty of this podcast, in my humble opinion. There's all kinds of people reducing or cutting sugar in all kinds of ways, and none of them are right or wrong. They're all part of life after sugar. So if this is your first time listening to this podcast, I hope you're enjoying it, and I hope it's inspiring you. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that it appears magically in your podcast player every Sunday. And if you've listened to several episodes before and you haven't yet left a review, could I ask you to scroll down, please, and rate the podcast and leave a lovely review to tell me how this podcast is helping you in your life after sugar. Has it inspired you to reduce sugar? Has it made you think about sugar a little bit differently? Let me know. The more reviews and ratings this podcast gets, the more people can discover it and the more people we can help. Thank you for listening. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.